Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to another episode of the greatest podcast on earth, according to its hosts. My name is Emmanuel Penklis and with me as always, the one and only Michael Corbin. Michael, how are you? Emmanuel, I am I'm pleasantly happy about the weekend's results. I, uh, I am not so happy about the absolute mess that is the Cronulla Sharks. It's, it's incredible. Imagine imagine how nervous you would be if you're a coach whose team is sitting below Cronulla on the ladder right now because <laughs> it is proof that no one's job is safe. Nope. Um, take us through it. Okay, so um, on the weekend, Cronulla were up 18-4 to against the Roosters and in the last, and that was with 20 minutes to go and in the last 20 minutes, the Roosters came back 126-18. to Now, Straight after that game, the warning signs uh, started blaring for John Morris. And the next day, his head was on the chopping block. There was rumours that Craig Fitzgibbon uh, was coming in and would take over the job in 2022. Um, He would not be taking over the job immediately. John Morris has since then had meetings with Cronulla, uh, with their board, and they have gone back and forth saying, oh, yeah, we'll keep you, we'll keep you, while this uh, Craig Fitzgibbon uh, signing has been looming over him. Uh, today, we found out that Craig Fitzgibbon has agreed to a three-year deal with the Sharks starting in 2022. And about five minutes ago, so we're recording this about 6.30, about five minutes ago, uh, Josh Morris has been removed as the Cronulla head coach. We don't know whether he has walked away or whether they have fired him. Uh, and Josh Hannay, who is a former rugby league player, as some of you might know, is is the interim coach for the rest of the season. Now, the way that Cronulla has handled this is an absolute schmozzle. It is, it is disrespectful to John Morris. And yeah, I, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so Danny Weidler has come out about five, ten minutes ago on Nine News. We're recording this on Tuesday night and said that Josh Hannay is going to replace John Morris. Um, I'm just reading through Michael Carianis on the Daily Telegraph that the players were informed about the sacking of uh, John Morris by text. Now, this is... The timing is just so off for me, Corbs, because that there was stories early, yeah, early in the off-season about... Um, unhappiness with John Morris. Um, Cronulla were really pushing to try and get Craig Bellamy to the club. There were open discussions, uh, according to the Daily Telegraph, with Craig Bellamy about coming in some sort of role in 2022. We discussed over the last year, he's a very, very new ex-player. He's played with some of these players. He's had He had difficulty at the start of last year managing some of that experience in his roster. Um, he, I think he's managed it well, to start this year, he's Andrew Fafita. Uh, 
blooded, some new players. Uh, he's got a bit of talent there, but the the club obviously felt that the they needed to go in a different direction. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand. There's two things I don't understand: the logic behind the timing of this decision, uh, especially because Craig um, Craig Fitzgibbon is not starting until 2022. It just seems to throw a bit of uh, spanner in Cronulla's season. It's only what five rounds into the competition. The Sharks are two and three. They're sitting in ninth. Um, it's, it's, the timing is just very off for me. I don't understand. And the other thing is you're not going for a tried and tested and proven coach either. You're putting, and I understand that Craig Bellamy, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, for me, it's, it's a lot of investment in a coach without a track record in first grade. We've seen a lot of assistant coaches over the years that just don't cut it at the top level. Uh, I'm talking about Anthony Seabold, of course, but. I just think the timing is really off. The other, the other side to it I've noticed is so that the the package plan is for Craig Fitzgibbon and Cameron Serraldo to to take roles at the club, yep. and so Fitzgibbon's going to be the head coach. Serraldo's going to be his assistant. Now both are defensive coaches, and both come from two clubs with an incredible development system, okay? So, obviously, Seraldo has a bit of head coaching experience. He took over at the Panthers between Griffin and Cleary. Yep. Uh, and Fitzgibbon, obviously, has been a defensive coach at the Roosters uh, and was the assistant coach there during their 2018 and 19 premierships. So, there's a bit of experience there, but at the same time, they're both untested in terms of first grade. I understand that a first grade coach has to start somewhere, but it's a it's a strange way to torpedo a season. I agree. Now, the John Morris came into this season and uh, look, he was odds on favourite to be one of the first to lose his job first. His head was on the block. I think the Sharks over last year they made the finals. They were in the top eight. A, t- a thing that we definitely did not pick at the start of a season, and a lot of people didn't. And this year they're performing above what people thought they would as well. So I don't think he's a bad first-grade coach. He has not had the money to recruit players. As you said, Andrew Fafita has taken up a lot of his cap. Uh, but next year, he would have been able, if if they had assured him the job, that he would have been he would have had $3 million to spend. That's how much the Sharks have to spend next year. A lot of the reason why the Sharks haven't signed anyone as of yet is because no one knew who the head coach would be. There was... I think the other thing is the players really seem to back him. And I know like you always hear the players come out and back him, but last year when Anthony Seabold went, the players did not come out and back him. I've heard, I, I believe Sean Johnston came out and said that he might, it's, it's staff like this. Yeah. And it just goes to show that regardless of the contract, that a coach, a club, and a player can all play dirty to get what they want. We've seen it before with players. We've seen it before with coaches. And now we've seen the club do a bad thing. Look, But at the end of the day, the club is there to get the result, right? Yeah. If they feel that... And I'm mixed on this because if they feel that, that um, they're going to take a different approach for the next season, is it the best approach to cut and run? It was the Penrith approach when Griffin got the sack. It was very, very late in the season. Penrith were coming fifth, I think, at the time. They got the flick. Um, but sometimes it's a cleaner approach. The Souths and Brisbane, when they did the coaching swap, 
it happened post-season, but I think there were distractions throughout the season because there was no clarity. Um, the other is when Brian Smith coached Parramatta and Michael Hagan coached Newcastle, it somehow ended up that they were going to coach the opposite clubs the following year, and it, it just derailed both seasons. So okay, is yeah. this a cleaner approach? I don't know. I, you know, Josh, Mor- um, Josh Hannay, very little. He's actually just become the interim head coach at a different club for the second year running. Yeah. After this, I just don't know how where the Sharks players' heads are going to be at. Uh, they obviously like John Morris, and I don't know whether he is that coach either. Craig Fitzgibbon is uh, probably the top assistant that was going to be recruited either this year or next year. Uh, he was heavily recruited last year, and that comes through for the Sharks as well. Uh, yeah, but I just think the hot. As I've said, the whole thing, the way the Sharks have handled this has been extremely poor and a bad representation on their club, and it may affect their ability to recruit next year. Yeah. That might be the overriding thing. That it's not an easy It's yeah. not an easy thing, Corbs. <clears throat> it's not an easy thing to do. You, I mean, Trent Barrett, look at him. Yeah. He's gone from assistant coach at Penrith twice and look at his predicament now. I understand the dogs are in a downward spiral, but um, and Garth Brennan's another one that springs to mind. He went to the Titans for a year. He lasted a year. It it, it doesn't always work so easily, no matter how well you think it's going to go. And it, it it's a risk for everyone involved. And I'm I'm just surprised that Cronulla are doing this, especially because you know they're they're clearly in that mini rebuild phase. And obviously, in the down years, teams can really get down. They can really struggle to, to rebuild their salary cap. Um, you're looking at the Bulldogs, who are doing it at the moment, Brisbane, who are doing it at the moment, and some teams just really struggle. But he's managed to make them remotely competitive as well. Yeah. He's clearing out a legacy. And I think to come through this, and then it's not like the, the salary cap is going to be given to someone with you know, 100, 200, 300 first grade co- games coaching experience. It's just, it's someone who's newer to the role than he is. You know, the other thing is, like, no head coach ever gets a job of a winning team. Like, it's very rare that a, a brand new coach comes in and takes over a winning roster when someone has been fired. Right? It's it's a rare occurrence. You're normally starting on the back foot. This team is a better situation than most for Craig Fitzgibbon, I think. As you said, they've got a lot of young players that have been performing well, and they're going to have salary cap. So I don't think it's the worst situation to step into. Um, and I, I I genuinely believe that at some point in the next few months, John Morris, uh, some team some team will underperform for replacement as a head coach. Yeah. So this has sort of... Started a bit of the bit of speculation started today that um, Adam Reynolds might go to Cronulla. Yep, that was one of the rumors. Yep, but the more likely situation um, that's been around in the last week, based on the fact that um, there was an announcement at the Cowboys this week, was that Adam Reynolds might go to North Queensland. Yep. But basically, I'm segueing into the fact that there were two really big announcements last week about retirements. Yes, there were. Uh... Both Jake Friend and uh, Michael Morgan have had to medically retire from the NRL. Uh, Jake has had multiple concussion issues over the last few years. Hasn't really played too many games over the last two years either. And 
for his mental health and uh, long-term health. He has decided to step away from the game. And Michael Morgan had an ongoing shoulder injury that I just don't think he was ever able to fully recover from. And he has also had to walk away from the game. Now, uh, Jake is someone who loved the last, what, seven, uh, ten years almost. He's, he's been around for a while. I remember at the start of his career, he was that guy who was always in trouble. I remember he got he got suspended and sent uh, got, got arrested, into unfortunate situations. Arrested for silly things like jumping the the barricades at the train at the train station and stuff like that. But he's turned his he turned his career around and he became you know he's a three time premiership winning hooker. He was the captain of our club. Uh, he finally got to represent Queensland at State of Origin. Um, He's just been look, and there was there were times where I I didn't want Jake Friend to be our hooker, uh, and he turned it around. I remember the start of that 2018 season, the the, the first of our back to back titles. I thought that Victor Radley was a better a better person to play at hooker uh, because Jake just seemed, and we went on that nice run. Um, we're gonna miss Jake, and we're really missing him now because our hooking. Ranks have been depleted. Crisis. <laughs> Crisis. We, uh, we might be going back to SG Ball this year, uh, this week, to find a hooker. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Jake, uh, going to be missed. And uh, great, great player for the Roosters. Great captain. And yeah, going to miss him. Yeah. And Michael Morgan's departure is just sort of really closes that Cowboys chapter that involved a couple of grand final appearances, including the Premiership. Yep. He was, of course, the hero of the flick pass to Kyle Felt in the 2015 grand final, but he'll probably be remembered more for really carrying the team on that run in 2017. Um, a sad end to his career. He 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 was he played for Queensland. He played for Australia. Um, a couple of years younger than Friend as well. Is in late twenties. Um, always sad when players don't go on their own terms, which is usually the circumstances players find themselves in. Um, but hopefully that there is a role for him post-football. Um, but as we said, it, it does free up a lot of space for the Cowboys in their salary cap, yeah. um, which might also be compounded if Jason Tamalolo and Todd Payton continue to not see eye to eye. So watch this space. Tamalolo is going to be a hard contract to move on from. But uh, Cowboys have also released Josh McGuire and he has gone to the Dragons effective immediately and I believe he will line up for them this week as well. Yeah. So they're they're freeing up some space and yeah, as as we mentioned, we were talking about it last week, the Cowboys are probably the favourites to get Adam Reynolds. Um, At this point, Souths, after we recorded last week, Souths offered Reynolds another two-year deal worth $1.4 million with a team option on the third year, and he denied, he declined that offer. So it seems all his uh, Reynolds' uh, tenure at Souths is all but over at the end of his season, unfortunately. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, I hope it resolves itself, but you know, yeah. we'll talk about it either way when it comes. But now, I really want to talk about the Tigers with you, but you just touched on Josh Maguire. Now, I just want to talk about St. George for a couple of minutes. Yep. Now, I said on this podcast, fans are excited because yeah. I was talking to two on Monday morning at work and didn't they have a spring in their step? They beat the, the April Premiers, beat the March Premiers, you know, St. George beat Parramatta and the Dragons are building for their 
traditional grand final, which is played on Anzac Day every year. Yep. Uh, and they are they're humming along nicely. They're sitting in the top four. Uh, Josh Maguire has gone to the Dragons to reunite with Anthony Griffin, and it brings the total of about five uh, yeah. Broncos players that now that played with Griffin now playing at McCulloch, St George. Hunt, Norman Maguire, there must be more. Yeah, there's yeah, one. There's yeah, a few. there's a few there's there. A few so there. the band's getting back together, but just on St George, I, I like seeing them up there. As I, I've said it, they're, they're not a bad team. They have some good names there. How could they have been in the predicament they're in? Um, mind you, like Parramatta was a bit of a test for them because before that it was quite average opposition. So let's see how long this lasts. But yep. I really think that the the game the week after next against the Roosters will be a classic. It's 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 already feeling like it's going to be that way. Yeah, the Dragons' strength at the moment is their forwards. They're all they're they're one of the more uh, they're one of the veteran teams in the competition. I think adding Maguire makes them have the second most, like if you tally up all the players' games played, they're yeah. number two in the league at the moment. There's a lot of experience on that team, and it's especially in that forward pack, which is really strong, really big, and they're just beating teams up the middle. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a really tough challenge. Um, they're performing better than what I thought they would, obviously. I didn't think they would be good this year. Yeah. Um, but they're proving me wrong. Uh, I don't like to see because I don't like Dragons, but... I always love Anzac Day, even though we lose it more often than not. Um, it should be a really good game. It should be. We'll preview that one next week. Yep. But St. George playing the Warriors, which we'll preview later in the podcast. Now, Michael, the yep. West's Tigers were <laughs> at Leichhardt Oval on Saturday, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, to lead with their leading the tributes across the game to Tommy Rodonicus, who passed away just after we recorded last week. Uh, they retired the number seven jerseys in all three grades and in the women's. Um, then their halfbacks led out the teams um, based as a tribute. They wore their Magpies-based jerseys. Leichhardt was, uh, you know, rather full. The, the fans turned up um, in a tribute to Tommy Rodonicus. And it was what at halftime? 28 4 to the Cowboys, who were yet to win a game prior to this round. It was a absolutely terrible showing in the first half by the Tigers. The lack of effort on defence, and you know we, we, we've spoken about how like momentum in this game. It's like because the game is so fast right now. Once you get a bit of momentum, you can run away with it, and it's what happened. But just some of the some of the error that first try by uh, Habuai Fido, right? He was running down the sideline. He was on the same ring, a uh, same uh, same side as James Roberts. Now James Roberts might be one of the only people in the NRL who can keep up with Habuai Fido, right? Or at least push him a little bit. He completely gave up on that position. Yep. And I'm talking stop running at the 40 meter line when chasing him. That was an awesome try. It was a great try. Absolutely but if James, if spectacular. James Roberts keeps up, at one point, I think Dane Laurie got his legs around him. If James Roberts came, he would have been able to hold him up or at least knock the ball out of his hands or do something. He gave up. Yeah. I the just, Tigers gave up. I don't think James Roberts is enjoying his football at the moment. Now, there is. This is we've discussed this before. The Tigers, there's, there's something lacking. They're, they are sticking by Michael Maguire 
Uh, the CEO and the chairman have come out and in support of Madge. Their problem is attracting players. We've discussed Luke Brooks so many times on this podcast that I don't want to talk about it, except there's been chat today that Reynolds is going to go and swap with Luke Brooks. This came out from Mark Geyer on Triple M this morning. I think Benji said it as well. Benji said it maybe, but it, it came out and, and there's just been this chat all day. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's, it's not going to happen. We were we're talking gonna, we're, about it. We were talking about it off air, and I and I told you exactly why it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Luke Brooks, according to um, Andrew Ferguson, my Twitter mate, who is an incredible statistician, and I all recommend you give him a follow. I tweeted him to ask, based on the fact that the Tigers have a habit of finishing ninth at best, and Luke Brooks has been their halfback for about 150, 158 games. Luke Brooks currently holds the record in the NRL for most appearances without playing finals. He potentially holds that all-time record, okay? What is the appeal to any club that tries to be a consistent finals performer of bringing in Luke Brooks rather than a developed junior who's played in their systems? I agree. Yeah, look, look, I think think both the the, the Tigers need to cut bait with Luke Brooks, not for them, them, but also for him. I think he could be... Okay, halfback, maybe not, maybe not a a like a, a premiership winning halfback, but a top eight worthy halfback in a better system. I think the culture, the organisation, and everything that goes on behind the scenes at the Tigers is the reason why this team has been a failure for the last since they won the premiership. Basically, yeah, I think it is an institutional issue, and you can't blame it on the coach. You can't blame it on the players individually. It's the whole thing, and until they until they fix that and they get their and they develop their juniors, like you saw you saw what Penrith did, right? It took Gus ten years to turn Penrith around, but look where they are now. Thirteen of the seventeen players that are currently playing for them are all juniors of the club, right? Tigers don't have that. All all their juniors are playing for other clubs. All their good juniors are playing for other clubs. Ryan Pappenhausen, James Tedesco, Mitchell Moses, Martin DePau. Aaron Brooks, a lot of these players, they all just let go. It's it's what, systematic. It's systematic, exactly. It's systematic. And on the on the day that they were paying homage to one of their club's greats, they couldn't step up. And and this is the problem. They there, couldn't rise to the occasion. There is no pride there. And I think part of the issue, and I think you tend to see this more with the Tigers than you do the Dragons. It's it's the they really struggle with the are we Balmain? Are we the Western Suburbs Magpies or are we the West Tigers? And they and this partly comes from they play games at Leichhardt, they play games at Bankwest, they play at Stadium Australia, they play at Campbelltown. If this is 21 years ago now, if the time has come, pick a venue, make that your base, maybe move out of the inner city and play one game a year there against an old foe that Balmain had, but set, set yourself up somewhere. They're just too scattered Sydney is getting bigger and bigger. There, there's no reason that the, they can't have a, a team based in Campbelltown. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Campbelltown and Leichhardt are close to each other. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're opposite you're, sides of Sydney. It's ridiculous. You're clutching at straws. So yeah, I agree. Um, but you've just touched on Penrith. Um, they are playing this Friday night. So let's uh, this Thursday night. So before we do that, let's just check the tipping ladder. Yep. Shall we do that? Yep. So Nick Saturis. Is still in the lead by one point. He did not tip St. George uh, on Sunday night, which he will live to regret. 
loyal Dragons fan, Jimmy Stavrianis, got six out of eight and now goes into outright second. Alexander B, Anthony P, Mark V, Zach, myself, um, you, Paul, and Michael J round out the top ten. So we are getting a bit of a clearer image of of how things are going. Uh, Interestingly, I feel feel like that was a really good round for tipping because six was a good score. Six was a good score. And that is is a sign of upsets and the tipping you expect, not this six as a minimum that's been happening the first couple of weeks. There were two genuine upsets and one where you spoke about which could potentially be an upset. Yeah. Uh, Warriors obviously losing to Manly on the buzzer by Daly Chervin's kick, uh, field goal, and... Um, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys beating the Tigers after being probably the worst team in the competition in the opening four rounds of the competition. Two genuine upsets, and that's what you want to see. You want to see upsets, and it hasn't really happened so far this season. Will we start seeing more? Should we get into it? Let's get into it. So Friday night, Thursday night. Sorry, I keep saying Friday. The Broncos host Penrith. Now, Mike, I've had a look at Penrith draw. They, I think that they're going to go undefeated till about round fourteen. Yeah, they okay. they haven't they haven't got too many hard matches coming up. They're, well, there's just there's hardly any competition for them. No. It's, it's not it's not the hard matches. It's no. that matches come and matches go. There just aren't that many competitive teams out there. Like they've beaten they've beaten Canberra, they've beaten Melbourne. Yep. They're probably and then there's Roosters and Souths that make up the top five that everyone thinks there is, right? Yeah. They don't verse. I know they don't verse the Roosters till about round twenty one. They don't verse Souths till round fourteen. Fourteen. I think it's fourteen. Yeah. So the next five is. Um, Broncos this week, then Newcastle, Manly, and Cronulla. Yep. Now, those three games are at Penrith. Yep. And then round 10 against the Gold Coast. Yeah. Okay. Gold Coast could be a tough, it tough could be, game. It could be, a, could be a tough game. But... But it might not be. And then round 11, they play Souths in Dubbo. Yeah. Now, that could be anyone's game. Yeah. Um, then they play the Dogs, who they've already beaten. Yeah. Then they play the Tigers. Okay. Then they play Cronulla in round 14. And then... Round fifteen, they play the Roosters. Yeah. So I, they could easily be fourteen nil, fifteen, fourteen to none, fifteen to none. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Look, they are playing exceptional football. They they were terrible in that first twenty minutes. They made a lot of errors, right? They were only down on the scoreline by six nil, yeah. by six points, right? And then all of a sudden, they clicked this gear, and they ran away with it. Like I'm talking from their in goal. They spread the ball on like second tackle, third tackle. They are over the forty meter line on the opposition side, and then they're scoring that set. Yeah. Like the way they move the ball, and they constantly attack, attack, attack on every play. How many times have I said to you while we're watching games, why is Aiden Tolman taking a hit up on fourth tackle when you're on the goal line? Yeah, Penrith don't do that. No. They attack on every single tackle, and it quest it may ask ask so many questions of the defense, and it's why they're so good at the moment. And their defense is great. Nathan Cleary is playing; he's the best player in the league at the moment. He's playing incredible football. Jerome Luai is any those two are the best halves in the game at the moment. Their combination is is stellar. It allowed Jerome Luai is playing great football. And, you know, Matt Burton slots in at centre and looks like a centre who's been playing there for 100 games. Yeah. He looked incredible on the weekend. This team is... It's rich. It's telling, hey. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so we're tipping the Broncos, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you might. <laughs> no. Uh, Broncos have made a lot of changes as well. They have. Um, 
Milford has been dropped. He's in reserve grade. Uh, Tezzy New has been dropped. Uh, Jordan Ricky is moved to the bench. Uh, Brody Croft and Tom Dearden are the new halves pairings. And yeah, this team is going to get destroyed. Yeah, and Penrith are 1-17 to from last week. And the only injuries they have at the moment are Dylan Edwards and Uppy Corazal. So yep. um, Penrith, we're going to be tipping more season, I think. We're, we're saying that Penrith have been dominating and they're missing two of their four spine. Yeah, that's like, true. Insane. Yeah, didn't think of that one. Yeah. Okay, so Friday night, Newcastle host Cronulla in the early game. Uh, Newcastle are boosted with Bradman Best, Kurt Mann and Jacob Saifidi all back on deck. Um... Edric Lee and Tex Hoy about another week away, while Phoenix Crossland could be back in round eight. For Cronulla, Wade Graham and Josh Dugan will both miss the game after failing their HIAs last week. And Graham has had two concussions in the space of three weeks and said he's now a week-to-week proposition. Connor Tracy moves from the bench to the centres to replace Dugan, and Nakora is back from suspension. But obviously, they have... So many non-playing distractions right now. You just wonder how they're going to focus this yeah. week. Yeah, if the whole, all the stuff that we spoke about earlier in the podcast hadn't happened, I think the Knights could win this game because I was not convinced about the Knights on the week. I think the Sharks could win this game because I wasn't convinced with what I saw on the Knights. But they do have Kurt Mann back. Blake Green's going to have another game under his belt. Kalen Pong is going to have another game under his belt. And Watson is back at, I think, his best position, which is lock. So I think this is going to help them. Yeah, nice little battle of the hookers there too. Yeah, uh, brother, yeah Brothers Braley. Brothers Braley. Uh, I think up in Newcastle, I think I'm going to tip the Knights. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip the Knights too. But now these weeks, Corbs, they always go two ways, right? It's either Newcastle by 50. Or they or, lose because this is a game they should win. Yes, or Cronulla grind out a, a victory against the odds, right? The Knights Knights lose games where everyone thinks they should win. Yeah. Tigers, so I'm going to tip them. Tigers, <laughs> Tigers case in point the other day. Yeah. So um, now this is followed by the big, big clash Friday night. Amy Park Storm hosting the Roosters. Yeah. Bellamy's gone with the same 17 that piled on all the points against the Bulldogs. Um, those nine tries, some of them just awesome. That Pappenhausen try was ridiculous. Yeah, like, he is how, ridiculous, isn't he? He's he is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I give me a minute here. I want to talk about Sam Walker. Here we go. He he was getting. I just... thought you were off rugby league. What no, happened? No, 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 no. Look, I you know sometimes you just you just off rugby league. Just, <laughs> I uh... had my tantrum a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm back. I watched. I, I was off. Game. I was off rugby league when my team was in the competition for two years. Okay, <laughs> perspective for you. Yeah, well, I'm used to winning. Oh. Um, <laughs> Minor premierships. Um, I Sam Walker on the weekend on the on the weekend had a had a first half to forget. He was getting attacked. He was getting uh, destroyed in defence. They kept on running at him. Uh, this is his second game in first grade. He looks like a ball boy. He's that small, right? Roosters are down 18-4 with 20 minutes left, and he took over and threw some of three three of some of, three of the most beautiful passes I've seen, and he also destroyed Chad Townsend with a step and beat him for his own try and let a Roosters come back in his second first grade game while down by 14 points. I thought it was an incredible effort and just a lot like shows a lot for a kid his age, his experience. I, I think this kid is one to watch in the future. All that being said, 
I'm tipping Melbourne. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Harry Grant came back. Yeah. Set up a nice try. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of minutes because Brandon Smith had a bit of food poisoning yep. or a big night the night before. Too, we're much, not sure. too much cheese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, who's playing? Who's going to play nine? Will Marshke get off? I don't know. We'll find out soon. If he doesn't, uh, Adam Kieran is back and he will probably slot into nine because Freddie Lussick broke his arm. Yeah. Um, and you might see Radley take a couple stints there if Kieran needs a spell. Um, no Suwali, uh, so I don't see him him coming into the side. Or the other thing that might happen is Drew Hutchinson might move to hooker and Manu play 5-8, which is another possibility. Uh, either way, I think Melbourne in Melbourne uh, look really strong, and I think their experience is going to get them over the line in this one, especially in the halves. Pencil Suwali in for round 10. The Home origin. game against the Cowboys. Yeah. Just easy debut. Yeah. There's there's also an origin game where we're going to be missing Tedesco and maybe some others. Yeah, and he might a bit more in. pressure situation though. Okay. Saturday afternoon, um, Manly, last start winners, host Gold Coast in Mudgee. Uh, Tommy Turbo, he's back. He's back. He's back. Finally, finally. Long-awaited hamstring in... Uh, long-awaited return from a hamstring injury. Um... Dylan Walker. I heard. Who, I heard. I heard. Tommy was uh, warming up on the Corso the other day, just doing a couple sprints. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, Dylan Walker is out um, now with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Um, well done, Roger, for lifting up his pants after he injured him. It was a really nice touch by Roger. Yeah, it was wonderful. Isn't it? And <laughs> Good Jack, sportsmanship. Jack Pajewski's gone for the season with a um, foot injury. So it's another second rower gone for Manly. It's another second rower earlier. Sirenin's out. They got a lot of injuries, Manly. Yeah. A lot of injuries. Yeah. Holbrook uh, has named the same seventeen that played Newcastle. Uh, the only concern is Philip Sammy, who's been named but will have to face concussion protocols. There was a run where I felt so sorry for Caelan Ponga. David Fafita just went through the line, and there was absolutely no chance Ponga was going to stop him. He looks unstoppable on that edge. He was it's awesome, wasn't insane. he? insane. He's so strong, so quick, so skilled, and then he put a step to beat Ponga. Like, this guy is he's all the talent. He might not be worth the $1.3 million price tag that he's getting paid, but he's worth a decent chunk of it. He's, well, if he he's scores, great... <clears throat> if he scores three tries for you, then he's, he's I think he's got six for the season, so he's doing all right. He's playing pretty well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good to see Fogarty. Fogarty completed the game as well after missing a lot of last week, and it really helped him. Um, Tino had a bit of a quiet game, but yeah, this team, the 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 Titans are a good team, and I'm I'm backing them in Mudgee. Yeah, I'm backing them too. So, 5.30 on Saturday afternoon, Souths host the Tigers at Stadium Australia. Cody Walker's back. Benji moves back to the bench. And Dean Hawkins, who had a great debut, and how awesome was it, uh, Souths Junior debuting for the club, and his Matraville Tigers teammates went and turned up for him. Uh, Probably, you know, he got probably a bit too excited that they turned up because he jumped the fence and gashed his leg and needs 15 needed 15 stitches so and he's out this week so you know what a debut huge debut what a debut uh, you're gonna be too excited yeah um, Souths should win this but they always struggle a bit against the Tigers I don't know why do. I don't know why Michael Maguire I'm I can't imagine what he's done to his team this week he's made a couple changes he uh, has. namely Jacob Little is gone 
Uh, he's been put to reserves, and Jake Simpkins is coming into the hooking role. People thought this might happen at some point during the season. Um, Luai is uh, Luai, no Luai, uh, BJ Lua, sorry, is out. Yeah. Um, as well, I think he got injured, uh, so he is back out of the team. Yeah, I even even though you guys struggle against the Tigers for some unknown reason. There's no way I would tip against you here. Yeah. Latrell, no, I think so. And, and you know, Latrell was awesome last week. He, he so was good. just really good. Oh, we haven't even spoken about it. I completely forgot to mention it. The two-point field goal. That happened. History we got was, one. I completely forgot. History was made. Yeah. Um, after my little speech about Adam Reynolds, he must have um, must have heard me. Yeah. Um, Reynolds first. kicked the first two-point field goal last week. Since Eric Sims. Since Eric Sims kicked the last two-point field goal in the awesome. 1970 Grand Final. He kicked four that day. <laughs> I have no idea why. And Bob Fulton kicked two. So there were six field goals in one game. It's because they're worth two points. It's because they're worth two points, I guess. Uh, absolute clutch play. 43 metres out. Made yeah. it look so easy, Effortless. and very interesting that um, when players were asked about the two-point field goal preseason, Reynolds said he was keen to give it a go. So yeah. rubbing a bit of salt in the in the wounds there of Brisbane. Benji um, was on Triple M the other day, and he was the one actually telling him, "Oh, just pop one now, pop one now, yeah. take it. This is yours. Like, be the first one." Yeah, <laughs> why not? So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Apparently, him and Latrell have been training all. Well, during training, they just they start cracking him from there. Latrell had his own shot yeah. at the very end of the game, which wasn't as far out, but still clean. Still clean. <laughs> uh, Alex Johnson set to play his 150th game for Souths this week, yep. uh, which is pretty incredible. And he scored about 111 tries, I think, um, which is pretty cool. And I think from memory, Reynolds is going to become the second most capped Souths player this week. Yep, he too. Will. He will. So, um, yeah, Souths for me, um, fingers crossed. Yep. Should be an easy tip. Uh, next game, we have the Canberra Raiders versus the Parramatta Eels. Raiders coming off that uh, loss to the Panthers. And it was a costly loss as well because they've lost Charles Nickel Clockstad for probably three or four weeks yeah, as well. There's a neck injury. Yeah, which is going to be a tough loss for them because... They bring in Caleb Bacon, who is a a fullback, uh, but he's he's bounced around a bit. He's always been that backup fullback. Um, I think he's a better option than Rapana, who always seems to struggle at fullback. Uh, so we'll see how they go. This is going to be a really tough game and a really hard one to pick. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, Saturday night in what will now be a cold Canberra yeah. is definitely an advantage. Um, Raiders have also had longer preparation time. Parramatta will be reeling after that, and that they might be a bit rattled too. It, it, sometimes they can start to second-guess themselves. Yep. Uh, Josh Hodgson and Reed Marnie, what a great matchup that's going to be. Two little hookers and two big forward packs looking for room to move. Um, it's going to be, I think, a battle of the forwards for quite a long time, and then who creates the space first. Yeah, I think... Um, um... Let's hope Ryan Madison makes the field because yeah. he has been ruled out late last three weeks since that concussion injury yeah. uh, at the hands of Kafusi. So yeah, yeah, let's hope he can actually get on the field because he's had some lingering symptoms. That's forced Papa Lee to the bench, yeah, who's been, who's been very best. good who's for been them. one of their best. So yeah. I actually I, I would be interested to see if, while named on the bench, I actually wonder if he might start and then ease Madison yeah. into it. I'm, um, wonder, I'm also wondering how Sean Lane has managed to keep that 
starting spot because he's been average. Yeah, well, what can you do? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either yeah. him or Bryce Cartwright. So, uh, oh yeah, Bryce. I didn't, he didn't have a great game. <laughs> he was yeah. I don't. I don't know how he's still in first grade. He's all the talent in the world just never seems to be able to put it together. Um, who are you going? Going Canberra. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. Really tough, but I think I'm going Canberra at home um, with a actual fullback playing in that position will help them a little bit. Yep. All right. This is a nice game. I like this game. We have the Dragons versus the Warriors. Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon at Jubilee. Yeah. Griffin has named an unchanged seven team uh, to the one that beat Parramatta. Um, Josh Maguire is named... At number twenty. Yeah. Uh, let's I see. Think, I think I think he will come in. Um, For I who? Th- oh, maybe one of the best. Viliami. Be- yeah, probably. Um. Oh, yeah. I'd say it'd be Viliami because you don't really need to have that winger on the bench. It's it's more of a luxury than anything. Most times he doesn't actually play. Yeah. Now for the Warriors, I think. And, and I didn't touch on this last week, but losing Adam Finnell Blake against the Root, like they. They lost him last week against the Roosters. Yeah. And that's when the game turned. Yeah. And you could Big tell loss. they really, really missed him on yeah. the weekend as well. Yeah. I think he's a really big loss for them. Uh, they're also missing uh, Chanel Harris-DeVita. Sean O'Sullivan was good on the weekend. and He was very good. He scored yeah, a try. He did score a try. Uh, helped my fantasy team. Uh, Same. I, I, yeah, I, I think Dragons are going to get this. I think so. I think Dragons are going to get it too. Um, I just, the Warriors probably have like a couple of injuries that are just going to yeah. make it difficult for them against teams with better quality. I still think they'll, they'll beat, beat, um, <clears throat> beat lesser teams, but that loss to Manly, I just think Manly were hungrier for it. Yeah. And they had the clutch experience of Cherry Evans. They got into a situation where Cherry Evans could kick a match winner. And as you said, Best finisher in the game. I think he's... Adam Reynolds is incredible. He was probably number two at kicking field goals. Daly Chero, I think it was like his 25th field goal or something like that to win a game, which is ridiculous. It's a huge number. Um, the one thing I do want to see, though, is the last two teams the Dragons have versed and beat uh, play predominantly up the middle, which suits them because, as I said, they've got that big forward pack. Uh Warriors tend to spread it out a bit more and play through their wings, who are really good at carrying the ball. Yeah. So let's see if the the Dragons' back switch back line, which I think is is their weakness. Let's see if they can handle the, the big wingers from the Warriors and Rogers' quick feet and whatnot. So uh, that's what I want to look at from the Dragons, whether they can stop the backs. Uh, but I, I still think they're going to get this done. Yeah, I think so. And last game of the round, do we even bother with it? Well, it's <clears throat> all those people that say the NRL should release the draw a year in advance, this is what happens. You get the Cowboys hosting the Bulldogs on Sunday afternoon on Channel 9, the game of the day, apparently. Is this Channel 9? Are they, yeah. they stop the night games? They stop now? the night oh, games. So the, Jesus. Yeah, I know. So, uh, Surely Channel 9 gets a veto. Very, Come on. Well, <laughs> I mean, you would with this one, wouldn't you? So Tamalolo is named, prompting a pack reshuffle. Cohen Hess shifts to prop. Francis Molo to the bench and interchange forward. Cotter is out of the squad completely. 
O'Neill makes his return from injury um, in the centres in place of Tabuai Fido, and Mitch Dunn grabs a seat in the reserves. Yeah. I know it was against the Tigers, but Drinkwater had a good game. Ben Hampton had a good game in the halves. Um, I think... I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't want to tip either team. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs. Really? Yeah. Michael. Okay. Um, Josh Jackson is out after suffering a torn calf at training, and Luke Thompson is replacing him. Chris Smith moves from the reserves to the interchange, and Dory is the new man. Uh, Lachlan Lewis was a chance of returning this week, but we'll have to wait. I think Avarilla, at least till next round. Is that still from um, no, no, Good no. Friday? I think I think it's more the fact that Avarillo had a good game and they wanted to give him another shot at five eight, mm. even though they got fifty put on them. Is that a good game? I don't know. For, he did have, he did have a good individual game. They scored eighteen points in manual. That's eighteen more points than they scored their previous three rounds. That's true, and it, it's <laughs> going to be a bit tough. It actually is a bit of a distraction because Melbourne put on fifty eight. Yes, but that is concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. I just I always feel like the dogs try. They just don't have the talent. And if they try, I think they can beat this this Cowboys team. That other than against a Tigers team that didn't tr- that tried less than them, haven't really tried all season. So yeah, I, it's a tough one. I just think the dogs have a bit more fight in them, and that's why I'm going with them. Okay, well, I'm going the Cowboys because it's at home. Yeah. Um, wow. You stunned me. <laughs> but please, do tip them. Okay, so Thursday night, we've both gone Penrith uh, over Brisbane yep. in probably the shortest odds I've ever seen. Um, then, what did you go for the Newcastle? Knights. We've yeah, both gone Knights. We've both gone Knights. We've both gone Storm over the Roosters. We've both gone Titans over Manly. Yep. Both gone Souths over the Tigers. Both gone Canberra over the Eels. Both gone Dragons over the Warriors. And then I've tipped the Cowboys and you've tipped the Bulldogs. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're similar. Very similar again. Very it's similar. Like but five rounds in a row where there's only been like one difference. I know, but nature of the competition, right? Yeah. Um, quick look at the ladder. So the top four is Penrith, Roosters, Souths, and Dragons. Yep. And then Parramatta, Storm, Titans, and Canberra round out the eight. Cronulla in ninth, obviously rocked by that news which we brought earlier. Warriors, Knights, Broncos. Um, and then the bottom four is Tigers, Cowboys, Manly, and Canterbury who are still yet to win. Yeah, so one team undefeated, one team still to get a win on the board. Yeah. Which one was which one's going to happen first? That's the question. I think I think well, if if I have my way, yeah. It'll be the Bulldogs getting off off scratch this week and Penrith continuing their ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think Dogs winning first is more likely than drag, uh, Panthers losing first given their upcoming draw. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's not like the Bulldogs are playing many easy teams other than the Cowboys. So. No, no. But do they come up against the Tigers anytime soon? No. <laughs> They've got <laughs> Cowboys, Sharks, Parramatta, Dragons, Canberra. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's hope they're going to win this week. Oh. We've, uh, we've covered a lot of ground today. It's been a big one. It's been a massive episode. Um, you know, broken by that three-minute Michael paying homage to the Roosters, um, which we all loved. So, 
Thanks. I gave you your time last week. <laughs> now I get my time. Jeez, we spent a whole time. We spent a whole like, half an episode on the sharks. We never do that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> All those sharks fans that listen are going to be so thrilled by that. I know. Um, we gave the dragons. We we discussed everyone actually. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Another episode done. Yep. I will see you next week. Sounds good. In the meantime, how good is rugby league? Thanks, guys. <laughs>